Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast spoiler minisode for the Batman. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight, and joining me from across the pond, he's the statesman to my Kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, sir? I am doing very well, sir. Just, you know, thinking about the Batman and stuff. It's very hard to not think about the Batman. And before we jump into the Batman, we do want to shout out thank you to everyone who listens week in, week out. However, if you've got a spare 20, 30 seconds, please do drop a five-star like rating review on your podcast catcher of choice. Get us a show out there more. And as film fans ourselves, we we love the chance to speak to more of you each and every week. Plus, it's always nice to see nice words. So got to get that out there to start with. Any any five-star review, we will love and appreciate. And we'll even shout some out if we get any names as well. So, um, the Batman, my friend, we dropped our non-spoiler review last week and we both were very high on the Batman. We've both seen it twice. We were both lucky enough to catch a press screening a week before release and then called it again before recording the non-spoiler episode. We both liked it. Maybe the Batman. We can now talk full spoiler. So what is it? What, what is it you couldn't say last week? I think we start with the negatives, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We usually do. The, the text, the line reads that I, I thought were cringy and not good. <laughs> Here we Both go. involve daddy issues. Um, we get <laughs> Bruce Wayne telling Andy Serkis, you're not my father, which I'm just like, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, I'm sorry, I should say Bruce Wayne telling Alfred, Alfred. by Andy Serkis, to, if I'm going to, I shouldn't mix ideas there, but um, the streams. It's, it's, it just felt cringy. Now, the character, this take... Uh, Reeves has said like he's Kurt Cobain inspired, right? So he's like yes. the angstful teenager. I think you can do that subtextually and not have the, the character actually say that. Such a like <laughs> tropey cliche line. You're not and my father. Only more exasperated when Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman tells us that Falcone is her father uh, because mm. she yells it to to Batman. Um, he's my father, okay. Because he's like, my oh. father, yeah. You're talking to vengeance here. This guy, this guy said, "My name's Vengeance." Hi, Vengeance. I'm Matt. And, and then at the same time, in the same film, he's also screaming, oh, I, I, "You know, <laughs> you're not my father." And the same guy who's like, "I am Vengeance," and you're like, "This guy is badass." And then he goes, and then yeah, you get that really naff line read. And I, it wasn't the one I thought you were going to say, but it, uh, but I'm with you on those two, especially the second one. I'll get to that later. But one of the ones I thought you were going to say was my buddy Bespin mentioned it. It's when it's in the trailer when Catwoman, she, she, uh, Batman is in Selena Kyle's apartment and there's all the cats on the floor and he's like, you got a lot of cats. And she says, oh, something along the lines of, I like strays or something like that. And yeah, in the trailer, it didn't feel quite right. In the film, in, it's still not great, but it's oh. fine. But, I um, love I that line. I, I didn't hate it in the film, but I was like, yeah, okay, fine. But the the father, you know, when, when yeah, the whole Falcone. I'm also glad of how they pronounced Falcone. You know, Carmine Falcone, not Falcone. Um, that whole the idea that you know when she's like, he's my father, and you're then adding that element and that subplot and that dynamic into the film. I would, for me, take it out. Yeah, it you know, it, it didn't really add anything to the film for me. It, it's well, you know, this whole he's my father or that he's my mother or he's my brother. Also, it's, though, it's tropey. There's some some problematic stuff with. It almost feels like they had three different ideas for that because when he first sees her and it's the first time we see him um, at the club when she's like club, undercover yeah. for Batman, 
like there is a heavy hint that not only does he know her, yeah. but that they've been engaged in sexual activity mm-hmm. because later she reveals to him that she is his daughter. So the early scene is like, wait, oh, why is he talking to her like that? If he never knew it was like, if he knew she was the daughter, Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? That scene makes sense. Or if she's had an affair with him, that scene makes sense. But her like having to later tell him that, Hey, I'm your daughter. What the heck had happened earlier is, is problematic. And I don't know what we're supposed to get. It almost feels like they had three or four different ideas and we didn't get a seamless one. So to your point, I think it doesn't work as a, like she's motivated for other things. Catwoman is motivated. I would prefer her not motivated for revenge and motivated for money because that's usually the Catwoman thing is she's torn between being greedy and also being a good guy. Like, I mean, she could just be stealing the money. Like, and that's what Batman thinks for most of the movie, right? He's like, you're just in this for the money. I would have thought like, her working with him because she wants to avenge her friend 100% keep that in exactly yes I was going to say the revenge plot fine because she wants to avenge her friend but the, but when you add in this whole familial it's a, it's a tired trope which you have to nail it otherwise it's kind of yeah you know the I am your father and all that it's it's been done to death now it, it's not the risk revelator is people think I don't think and it didn't add enough to the film for me and his like throwaway line that he killed her mom too. Like it's just like yeah, yeah. I also strangled your mom. It's like yeah, okay, oh, man. The- yeah, I, and we've also I suppose it's probably it's probably suffice to say that what John is saying in terms of like the relationship between those two, nothing's ever explicitly stated in the film. So it's no. not. So we. So you know we're not. They don't say in the film. You know, Carmine Falcone had relations with his kid, but at the same time, you it, you get that vibe, especially that it, first viewing. Well, Batman thinks it for sure. He yeah. outright says, like he, imp- I think he outright says it, or at the very least, he like heavily implies yeah. um, that you you were with him, and she, like that's later she screams it at him. It's like I, I don't think that is what that's not the relationship I see him having with her there. If he doesn't know it's his daughter, like him, like putting his hand out, where have you been? If he knows it's his daughter, that makes sense. And like, it's just, I feel like there's a lot of disconnect with that whole storyline. And I think that's why it feels so off though. It's just, it feels like it's a very loosely pieced together rather than this tight, like it's so much of the rest of the movie feels so tight. Cause that's where I think there's a real positive. I've heard a lot of people criticizing the riddles of the Riddlers that they're like too easy. Like the, the one is justice and even uh, El Rada, a lot of that they don't put together that it could be a bat really drove me crazy. Cause I'm like a bat with wings is literally, or I'm sorry, a rat with wings He's is usually what a bat is called. Yeah. <laughs> and that they act like they aren't putting together. And that bothers me. But, but those aren't the riddles. Those are like cheeky little clues to the actual riddle, which is the entire plan. Like, he is giving Batman the entire plan and the Batman doesn't put it together until the scene at the uh, interrogation, essentially. Oh man. Um, and that's where like, I'm like, no, the riddles amazing. And in watching it a second time, you're like, Oh, he literally lays it out for him and he just misses the connections. He gets so <laughs> many of those obvious things that people have criticized, but those aren't the actual riddle. Those are just him. Everything he does is in a riddle. So some of the riddles are super silly and and simple, but the other ones are intricate and well woven together in such yeah. a way that the Batman misses it. And I love that component. And more, um, I love 
the the mislead that Reeves gives us that um, even in the trailer you hear Riddler say Bruce Wayne and we see Batman and you're like oh, he's uncovered him right wow. and I, I, that irritates me because that has been a trope in a lot of the comic book movies because mm-hmm. they want that drama and it's like no the comics Batman's identity is often sought but never found and it's such a key element to the the character that when it finally he goes we almost had him. And you're like, he the doesn't relief. know. Yeah. And you see it in Pattinson's performance. He just, his shoulders slunk. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, this guy doesn't know. Cause he's so <laughs> tense when he says Bruce Wayne, like, you're, but he never gives it. He keeps a poker face, but like you've, we've you been tell. with the he's Batman enough. Yeah. yeah. We've seen him enough through the movie to see that he is worried. And then noticeably change when, when Riddler says we almost had him. And it's like, that's such a cool way to do that because I, for a minute, wasn't sure. Um, and I had a, a friend who wasn't sure and we were like debating it. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure he explicitly said something. And so my second view, I was like, I need to catch it. And yeah. one of the things I had referenced, I didn't catch the first viewing was the Riddler was in the chorus singing Ave Maria at Thomas Wayne's uh, speech. Yeah. He's I hadn't like, noticed that first time either. Uh, but there, there's a very clear close-up of a kid that looks like Riddler in the chorus robes, and that makes more sense why he sings Ave Maria to the Batman. The Batman, yeah. I, which the first time I'm like, why is he singing? This is weird. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, of course, that's why he's singing. He was, he's like, I was there. This has been my life forever. I was literally at Ground Zero, and I was <laughs> like, that makes so that much up, more sense. That scene is even weirder out of content if you hadn't. I didn't know it for. I like you. I was like. Why is he? What, what the hell is going on? I, and this is what I about part of the reason why I thought, oh man, is he going to overstep the line and become too scenery touring? But there's a reason why. There are other points in the film where I did wonder, especially during the scene where uh, a kit similar to how he's legend, where he filmed himself. You know, he, he directed himself in this scene, which is when he when he phones or FaceTimes whatever yes. about the Batman. At points, I thought we we may be edging towards you know trying too hard to be be seen as a psychopath but i think he he restrains himself or pulls back just enough and i think paul dano's fabulous really paul dano's great anyway but he's so good in this film and in terms of the riddles sometimes the hardest riddles are the easiest ones to solve they're the ones right under your nose and that's why i think this film and it works on that sense and uh in terms of the detective batman storyline they don't make they, they batman is still very highly still highly intelligent but at the same time, you know, they they prove that the Riddler is his equal, if not superior, without making the Batman look. You know, they, for me, they have, they don't downplay his skill. Yeah, at times there, are, you know, there are clues which are overlooked. But you know, the Batman is in the right place. But the these clues are sometimes like you you just can't see the wood for the tree. Sometimes it's it's just there, but he can't see it because he's too focused on something else. Well, like uh, the the tool being a carpet. Um yeah yeah the, exactly the, and i love that martinez is like kind of the through line cop throughout it like he's he's one of the first cops that i think he puts his hand on bat's chest at the very first every time he's around i actually really like the dynamic with him in the, in the movie i liked that cop and i like the cops were genuinely also they they there was a lack of respect there as well because you know they're the cops and this guy is the mm-hmm. vigilante that's he still is a vigilante and and gordon he, he has him around but even then he's like dude you've got you've got one minute and you've got and you literally have got to get out of here i'm putting my neck on the line for you so i like that as well that the cops they weren't it wasn't kind of buddy buddy they were genuinely against this guy they generally didn't want this man hanging around and it was an outsider to their investigations i really like that the the the, the fame the infamous 
or obvious allusions now to, to Fincher and Zodiac and Seven are, are clear to see. They were there from the trailer, and yes, they are all throughout this film. I happen to like that kind of aesthetic and tone and vibe. Yeah, me too. Similar to the neo-noir. I, I got absolute, and even in the music, that Giacchino's score is sumptuous, but the noir vibes dripping from the score are superb as well. There's so much here to enjoy, and I also got some French Connection vibes I mentioned Mainly in the way that the, the the Batman and Gordon interact with each other, and especially in a scene where they are interrogating the Penguin, I got some oh, real man. real scenes of the French Connection. Love that, that scene, dude. That and, uh, and that's what I love the most. I think I said it to you off off air as well. But they're kind of the way it they're tag teaming. Uh, that felt very old school detective cop kind of seventies cop vibes when you know Batman would he'd say a quick snappy line, and then Gordon would jump in and say something, and then Batman would. And at the same time, the Penguin, who's played so well by an literally unrecognisable, unrecognizable. <laughs> yeah. the way he's kind of like, what's going on? I thought you guys were meant to be, you know, this. Uh, it, that there wasn't much f- comedy in this film, but it comes more from those moments where you know it's mm-hmm. like an exasperated look or a little, a little bit of dark humour there. A lot of people have mentioned the thumb drive gag, but there is oh my some. God. The second time I watched it, I was like, okay, because the first time I remember saying to you, like, this isn't a fun film. It's there's not many jokes, but. Second time I watched, I was like, okay, okay there are little moments here where there's yeah. kind of lighthearted moments. He's Batman's more human in this than he is in a lot of other oh, of the films. Of course. Like, like the, 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 you have a lot of cats. Like he doesn't have to say that, but he says it. And I love that he says it. Like yeah. to me, that cracks me up because it's like, he's a person like, yes, he's this like image, but he's still a person. He says a lot of things like that with Gordon too, where you're just like, man, he's like, a real person here and i enjoy that a lot he doesn't always know how to interact with people as well because of how they portray bruce wayne and his in- mm-hmm. very isolated insular lifestyle uh he, he, the way he interacts with selena Cole, especially in the kind of more tender moments and like i said their chemistry is almost always damn good and in the kind of moments where they ha- where the, the, the long in moments of the looks between them and you're waiting for something to happen you can kind of see in his eyes he doesn't maybe know how to approach this moment and she's the more experienced out of the two of them in 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 in, in romance maybe and they play that so well and, and like, yeah that line like you got a lot of cats it's just like kind of like it, for me it almost feels like a a, a, a crap i've got to, i've got to say something what do i say break the break the silence um you've got a lot of cats it felt a bit like that to yeah which is fun yeah um yeah, totally. Like the small talk awkwardness, but um, I also really liked um, the the fact that, like you mentioned in our spoiler free up, uh, the opening sequence where he's talking about fear, and we see like the villains doing, or we see random like thugs doing bad things, and yeah. then looking to the shadows and being afraid, and then it, when he emerges from the one shadow. But what I really took from that scene where he fights the what I assume are Joker fanatics or Joker henchmen. Um, based on their makeup, uh, looks like it, isn't it? Right. Um, they're beating up a, a random guy, and Batman saves this random guy. And the random guy looks to Batman and goes, "Don't hurt me." Yeah. And the implication is that, and of course, the way the cops look at him and, and the city, everyone's afraid of the Batman, not just the criminals. So his message is not coming through clearly that he isn't here to hurt everyone. He's here to hurt the corrupt and the and the criminals. And the kid of uh, the, the mayor's son is such an impactful like transition for the character because he sees the kid and he, there's this weird kind of connection, obviously from, we understand Batman's, you know, the orphan story of Bruce Wayne. So we mm-hmm. get why he's looking at this kid with this 
uh, empathy and the sympathy, but the kid looks at Batman and doesn't look afraid. And then at the end of the movie, when everything's the floods happen, which we won't spend a lot of time on the flood thing, but it was a little underwhelming. I think we both said Um, the kid is trapped and so are like the mayor, the new mayor, the mayor elect is there. The the kid's mom, the former first lady, I guess is what the mayor would be called. First mayor or lady. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And a few other people are trapped. None of them will come to Batman, but the kid does. Yeah. And then everyone follows. And it's the end of the movie. Batman's voiceover is talking about hope. And I love that transition because he's so focused on fear and making people afraid of him. And then there's this idea at the end of the film where maybe I need to try a new tactic and making sure that people see the hope in Gotham. And I, I'm curious what, if we're going to get like, this movie's called the Batman. And mm-hmm. we pointedly noted that Bruce Wayne is not in this movie very much, especially compared to, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the other films, it is the Batman. So I wonder if the next film will be more Bruce Wayne. Are we going to see Bruce become the philanthropist? Show. Um, are we going to see a different Batman where this is now a, a Batman whose goal is not to just instill fear and maybe he's challenged by a, the villain. Maybe that's where Scarecrow comes in and you're like, I'll show you fear. You know, um, mm-hmm. there's so many ways that could go, but I, I really like seeing that, that kind of analysis of, I need to do more than just scare people. I have to instill, I am here to make you not be afraid of the shadows. As much as I want the bad guys to look to the shadows in fear, I want you to look to the shadows and know that you're safe. And like that subtle thing. And I think Reeves using the kid as that kind of transitional period is, is mm-hmm. big. And I thought that was a really cool take on the character. Yeah. And it's, and it's clearly also, like you said, it's a reflection of Bruce Wayne himself. He sees himself in this kid. Um, so, and the film, we don't need to see the murder of, uh, of the Waynes again. It's, it's mentioned, it's alluded to, of course, but you know, similar to how, uh, John Watts covered it in, Sp- in Spider-Man, the recent trilogy, you know, we, we already know the backstory. So we, we, we don't have to f- spend time right. on that already. And I, I appreciate that. And, a lot of the the arc for Batman as well is fueled by Selina Carl in this film, especially at the end. And I wonder how, yeah. and I agree with what you're saying, actually, that the next film could focus more on Bruce Wayne because there's clearly a longing at the end of the film for from Selina and Bruce. She wants Bruce to come with uh, her and, you know, go, you know, go cause some trouble, go start fight some crime in, um, I can't remember what the Bloodhaven. Uh, Bloodhaven. That's, that's it. Of course. The from the, Nightwing's, uh, individual series starts in that city exactly um, yes the the neighboring town city um and you know and she's like oh you're spoken for because the the bat symbols up there but bruce clearly wants to go as well you know or 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 part of him at least wants to go so i think that's going to play in again whether it may be in the third film or not but i think you know we're going to see more of that you know humanity shine through where he becomes like a philanthropist and starts to learn to control his earlier rage and vengeance uh, and I think Catwoman's got a bigger role to play, even bigger role to play later on. So I think I liked how they how they set that up. Um, we mentioned Andy Circus in the non-spoiler review. We both very much enjoy and, and respect and love Andy Circus as a performer and a man. But for me, he felt miscast as Alfred in this film. Uh, you know, it's kind of like oddly kind of tough and grizzled Alfred who never quite commits to being that tough and grizzled, but also isn't is is not comely enough to feel like alfred i don't think even jeremy irons alfred in the snyder films 
he was a different take, but it's still, there was an air about him, which I was like, okay, I believe this dude is Alfred. And I didn't quite get that from circus and the hospital scene, like we mentioned where um, Alfred kind of without saying it as much, pretty much reveals that Fal- Carmine Falcone was behind the murder of the Wayne, you know, Bruce Wayne's um, parents. He doesn't, again, he doesn't say it outright, but he's like, Oh, if, if only I knew for sure. And it's, it's hinted heavily. That's what happened. There's something about that scene and the way Andy Serkis either just chose to play the character or is asked to play the character, where you know that that big emotional gut punch, that sort of, which I think you know, you know Michael Caine of all of his voice cracks and that he man, you know, there it's very hard not to watch him get, he get emotional in those three films, certainly the third one, and think, yeah, okay, damn, I believe this dude. I didn't quite get that from Andy Serkis, which is a shame because I was really excited to see what he could do in the role of Alfred. Again, I don't think it's horrible, but. I think when everybody else around is so good and, you know, so well suited and cast to their role, Andy Serkis sadly felt a little bit like the one that got away. Uh, you know, hopefully maybe in future films that you know, he'll be, he'll fit, fit into the role better for me or, or, or add more to the film. But this one wasn't, well, yeah, it wasn't my, wasn't his finest hour, my friend for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think before we go as well, we'd be remiss to not mention, obviously, the the cameos, the the special appearance at the end of the film. Um, uh, obviously, the Riddler is he's in Arkham Asylum, uh, and yeah, yeah, he's got a he's got a rock star, uh, a superstar in the cell next to him, which is the Joker, who we now know is played by Barry Keown, uh, Barry Keown, sorry, which on the face of it, it seems like f- fabulous casting. I mean, you look at yeah. Barry Keown and he's a fabulous actor. You look at the killing of a sacred deer and is how good he is and just odd in these in that film. And, uh, and the lobster. Uh, yeah, dude. And even, and even when he's in something like Eternals, when he's got in the business, like a different role to what he's known for, he's very good in that. I'm really looking forward to seeing him as a Joker. But the question remains, my friend is, are we ready for another Joker? Can Barry Keown, Keown nail this role? And, would you have preferred Bat Reeves to go a different direction, a different villain? I I don't think you can ever escape a Joker. Um, mm-hmm. I think the dynamic uh, of the two characters that they are the yin and yang. It is an inevitable meeting that you have to have with Batman and the Joker. It's one of the reasons why I I don't like the Walking Phoenix, not the character that he plays, but the existence of Joker. Joker is a direct result of the Batman. And so mm-hmm. needing, you have to have him. Uh, I, I, now I would prefer he show up later. Uh, the implication mm-hmm. here is that he's already in Arkham, meaning he already has con- had confrontation with Batman. I, I think he needs to be the, the third movie of a trilogy villain. Like after, Batman's been around for two years, so the Joker's now taken note. He's starting to exist, but he shows up ready in the third movie would be like my ideal scenario. <laughs> right? um, like he's he's been watching and waiting and, and you've now made me. Um, I think a really great example of kind of the attitude is in the Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joker is has been like stagnant until Batman comes back. And it like activates the part of his brain and he like breaks out of the, the mental institution or the old folks home that he's living in, um, in the dark Knight Returns story. And I think that would really like, not that I want that, but I think that approach to the character that he's, he's crazy, but the Batman makes him 
crazy. Yeah. You know, like it, it brings the crazy out of him because he, and that's, I think Ledger does that. We just don't get the, we, we should have had a final battle in the third movie that we don't get because Ledger dies. Like that's been stated. Nolan's plan was to have him there. Um, I think it would be better not to bring him into the second movie, but bring him into the third. I don't know. Obviously I'm, I'm open to all of it. I I don't think you can do Batman without that same. Like, I don't think you can do a spy movie without a nuclear warhead being stolen. Like it's going to (laughs) happen. It is, it is. And you can't do a star Wars movie without some type of death star. It's just going to happen because it is the ultimate, counter and for batman joker is the the antithesis and he has to exist so there's no guarantee he'll be in the second film of course which is exciting as well but they, right. they, they've teased him so like they, they may bring in the the court of owls or, or or mr freeze that they're thinking about or whoever and the yet, yet they may allude to the joke you may see him here and there but he may not make his grand entrance to the third film which for me i think would be genius i generally would as well um I, I'm, I'm with you on for the most of, most of your points. So I'm always excited to see the Joker. Um, uh, and now that I know that Barry Keogh is playing him, I, I'm very excited for that reason, you know, to see this. Yeah, and, and from, same. from what I've heard, from what Matt Reeves has said about the Joker, this Joker, he uh, he he has a birth defect in his face, which causes him to permanently have a smile on his face. He ain't mm. got any other face. He's always smiling. And that is just thinking about it in this kind of zodiac seven-esque world to have someone like that who's always smiling committing some of the worst oh man it could be pretty chilling and i don't doubt that they will nail it so the the potential is there i too would have preferred if they go that way i would have preferred a different villain or a new a villain we haven't seen before or a collection because they've already mentioned the elite of gotham they're they're kind of setting that up anyway i prefer that in the second film because you know give us something new and, and happen. And then, like you said, pay it off in the third film by, mm-hmm. you know, the joke has been in the, he's, he's been in the shadows watching, waiting, and he's ready to, to pounce. Um, yeah. In the third film. What a, and if it, if it is just a trilogy, what a way to end it. That would be, they may still do that. We don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's the court of, I don't know how it works. Maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll re- reach out to the, to the joke or break. I don't know, but there are ways that they could do it. But, uh, overall, though, yeah, the third act was fine. The, the, the flood, I think it wasn't bad. It felt like it. it I said to you, it, it felt within reach of the, the Riddler. It wasn't the Riddler. Suddenly, didn't turn into a an evil genius who who had like well, I don't know spider droids running around. You're like, where did this come from? It felt you know w- well within his grasp. You know to to put explosives around the city walls and flood the city. You know that felt consistent with his reach. I was no problem with that, but. It just felt a the tiniest bit underwhelming compared to how good the first two thirds are. So, um, my last question for you, my friend. I'm I, I I love the Batman. I cannot wait to see it again. This may be the best Batman film. The Dark Knight will always hold a special place. This may be the best Batman film for me. I'm not yet decided. But my final question for you, then, my friend, did hearing something in the way in the film take you out of it at all? No, I one I love that song. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. And no, I I, th- I thought it totally just fit perfectly. That yeah, was it. No, I, the music just worked for me in every way. Yeah, the music. I can't wait to listen back to the score. The Batman theme is superb. So that was our thoughts on the Batman. JB, before we wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to throw in about the Batman? Um, maybe he used Bane's venom in this movie. Maybe. Oh. Like, 
someone pointed that out because it's also it's notably green. It's uh, I just thought adrenaline at first, but then when they were like, well, Venom makes way more sense in the Batman universe, um, and he does go pretty ham after he does it. So just a bit. Oh man, I hadn't thought about that. Someone right, else pointed that out to me, but I was like, that's kind of interesting. Um, so that they could make a grounded Bane in this as well. They, they, you know, Tom Hardy's wasn't exactly t- too out of this world. Some no, of the actors were, but you know, they could, they could take it another step further. But oh, damn, that's something to ponder then for the next two or three years until we get, I don't know, the Batman Returns or whatever they want to call it. Um, but that's our spoiler minisode for the batman again if you haven't seen the batman that's what happens in the film thank you for listening if you want to uh find out more about the bloody awesome movie podcast you can find us on social media at bamp underscore podcast on twitter that's b-a-m-p underscore podcast uh we are on instagram where can they find us john at bloody awesome movie pod and on facebook meta we are bloody awesome movie podcast find us there uh, if you want to find me online, you can do what I watch tonight.co.uk and just search what I watch tonight across all of the socials and letterbox and you'll find me there. John, where are you? At burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms. Or just go to the local theatre and you probably may see one of us there as well. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And just doubling down what we said up top, if you do like what we're doing here on the BAMP, and we certainly hope you do, please do consider dropping us that five-star rating or review or an honest review if that's what you feel like. Uh, it really does help the show grow and get more people listening, and we'd very much appreciate that if you could spare us that time. However, until then, stay bloody awesome. And keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bloody. 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 Blood, blood, bloody. Awesome.